Welcome to LOL You're Gay, a gay comedy podcast with Adam Myatt and Lisa Buchanan. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, you know, it's December now. It is. How's that going so far? Oh, it's only day three for us at the moment, so yeah, it's going okay, because uh, three, no, two-thirds of the days have been weekend. Yeah, you're not wrong. The <laughs> eternal optimist. <laughs> we uh, were here at the Halifax Central Library recording this episode, um, not with a clear idea. Yeah. Usually we come in with at least some rough or loose uh, plan. Loose and rough, like a probably. Top, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or a topic for something that'll get our conversation rolling. Yeah. And we're struggling. Well, we've been talking a lot, I we think, have. is the thing. We've been talking we've... a lot more than we used to talk. Yeah, and... we've been spending more time together than normal yeah. outside of the podcast yeah. world. So it. I feel so I don't know. Are we tired of each other? <laughs> Is this the end? We've run out of things to say. We've become the old married couple, and we're just gonna have to like read the newspaper before we come to record the podcast, so that we have yeah. something to talk about. I mean, we could just become a current events podcast. <laughs> we could just rebrand. Other people do that. Um, yeah. One of uh, a podcast I really enjoyed recently rebranded. Um, it was the Richard Simmons. Um, oh, missing Richard Simmons. Missing Richard Simmons. Yeah. Missing Richard Simmons rebranded as Headlong. Um, so it's going to be, um, instead of just a one-off podcast, they're going to do um, kind of these deep dives into different topics. Okay. So where that one was diving into Richard Simmons. Yes. Um, the new one they're putting out right now is um, about Y2K. Huh? And kind of about that whole thing. That sounds um, fun. Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm uh, keen to uh, in a soon. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I enjoyed Missing Richard Simmons. I was not late to the party. I knew that it existed when it was going on, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't get around to listening to it. I guess that doesn't mean I was late to the party. I knew the party was happening, though. Right. I just chose didn't. to be late. Yeah. Um, so I only listened to it a few months back, mm-hmm. and uh, I enjoyed it. So, But then I think I deleted it from my list of podcasts, so oh, I wouldn't yeah. have noticed the rebrand. Yeah. Yeah, they did that. It was pretty recently. Um, There's only a couple episodes up. But I'm like really in I I love Y2K. I just think it's such a strange a was, strange thing, so I'm looking forward to listening to it. It was a weird time. We all thought the computers were going to stop working. <laughs> My dad had to go to work. Right. On New Year's Eve of 1999 to 2000 because they didn't know what we worked for the gov- uh, Crown Corp and the government. And right. They didn't know what was going to happen. So it was just like, okay, I guess we're going to go to the office and make sure the computer doesn't, like the server doesn't crash or something. <laughs> and if it does, what use is my father going to be exactly? He knows nothing at all about how to operate a computer. Well, moral I support. mean, he can operate a computer, but not fix it. Yeah, yeah. No, I can operate I cannot fix. Yeah. I use the moral support. That's kind of, it's, it's, it's nice yeah. to have. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember much of Y2K. No? No. I just remember that. The, yeah. There was that thing where apparently, you know, the, the clocks on the computers mm-hmm. 
hadn't anticipated the a few turnover, years down the road. <laughs> I guess. So the it was only there were only two digits for the year as opposed to four. Oh, so everything okay. would go to nineteen hundred, right? Or just right. try to, and then have the computer equivalent of a heart attack or stroke, <laughs> and to just stop working. Mm-hmm. That was the theory. It didn't happen though. All I remember from then, I think I was in grade six. Mm-hmm. Uh. I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I was in grade 10, so that makes sense based on our age difference. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember that there was a new superstore. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, and they built a superstore mm-hmm. on this old swamp. And um, <laughs> I remember swamp. there was a, yeah, there was a super swamp, <laughs> and there was this bin of these weird plush animals that I think were Y2K branded that everybody wanted. They they were like yeah, I think it was just like a thing where I was. I don't think it was a thing everywhere, but it was this weird thing that the super super superstore carried, and everybody wanted one. And I remember like digging through the bin of them. It was a that's <laughs> very strange. Yeah, and that's all I really remember from that time. That is the sort of thing that would stick out to a ten or twelve year old. I guess. I didn't like that. All I did, I don't know. Maybe here's a really interesting question. Uh, <laughs> when you went to the grocery store with your parents, yes, what did you do? Oh, did you? Well, they did like their it was big always grocery. Always my shop. mother. Okay, my dad didn't go to the grocery store. I'm and I didn't go that often to be honest, because my mother, um, my mother was a stay-at-home parent, um, so she did the grocery shopping during the day. When we were at school. So my memories of going to the grocery store with my mom are from when I was quite young mm-hmm. and not in school or the occasional, like, on you know, weekend trip to pick stuff up. Um, so a lot of the time when I think back on being at the grocery store with my mom, I was in the cart. Right. Right. <laughs> in the little thing with your legs dangling out. Um I don't have vivid memories of it. I mm. I know that that's the reason I know how to write a check, <laughs> because my mother would write a check at the checkout, right? Um, and that sticks out because years later, when I was in university, and I was on a student society, we our executive changed over, and we had a new treasurer, and he was a few years younger, probably your age, like mm-hmm. four years younger than me, and he didn't know how to write a check. Yeah. And I didn't understand how that was possible because <laughs> I had written checks for things, but it occurred to me that that age difference of four to five years mm-hmm. at that point in time could very easily mean this person never mm-hmm. observed his parents writing a check because they kind of were going by the wayside. Yeah. Um. Yeah, when I was a cashier at the Superstar, we like kind of – took checks i was 16 it was like my, one of my yeah. first jobs but we mostly didn't yeah like they didn't really train us how to do it right they would just have, we would just get a manager to help us with it because it, yeah they're like it's not worth telling you how to do this and i'm like it ha- i would, can learn yeah but, but it would be happening so infrequently <laughs> yeah yeah so i remember being in the cart watching my mother write checks <laughs> and 
like not being allowed to open things. You know, some parents yeah. allow their kids to eat on some eat eat on something to eat something that they are about to purchase. Right. And they'll like open the bag of cookies or whatever in the cart. My mother did not allow me to do that. <laughs> so yeah, I don't really have that was a very long rambling answer <laughs> to to just say not much. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like I mean I guess um I was I went for groceries later because it was like there was just nothing to do. Mm. So I just would go mm-hmm. and it was usually an evening thing. But I would go and just go to the magazines oh, because it was yeah. this kind of like little alcove that was magazines. Mm-hmm. So I would just go hang out in there for like a half hour and like read all the different magazines. Um and like look at yeah, just look at comedy magazines or like mm-hmm. popular Mechanic is that a magazine? Popular Mechanics. That was is. a magazine. Yeah. Yeah. And also a television show. Right. Called Popular Mechanics for kids. For ki- that's probably what I read. Yeah. Um. The, yeah, I suppose there was a kids version of the magazine too. Yeah. yeah. I now and then would glance at Mad, but it was like very scandalizing for me because mm. I was a very sheltered child. And I don't think uh, I've ever picked up a Mad magazine. It's not really my. It's not really my taste. Mm. But I, you know, you gotta see what's out there, and <laughs> so I would look. But yeah, no, I did that. But when I was younger, um, before there was a superstore, we would always have to go to town. Uh, and by town, I mean Dartmouth. Um, and for those <laughs> yeah. of you who don't know what Dartmouth is, it doesn't matter. To, it's the it's a little city that's close to where I grew up, which was the middle of nowhere. Um, and we would go to the store, the Sobeys, and we would like, you know, eat a couple of candies out of the bin and wander around. Mm-hmm. And then we would all go to Pizza, Pizza Hut, not mm-hmm. Pizza Light. Pizza Hut. There was a Pizza Hut there, right next to it. We'd be with my grandparents uh, and my grandmother, and I don't think I've talked about this before. I might have. It was just like it. I guess it's one of those things where you like you realize later on that something's weird that you yeah. think is like totally normal. normal. Yeah. Um. So like the checks, not knowing how to write a check. Yeah. One of my memories kind of like that was uh, now in retrospect, I think back about these times at Pizza Hut and I was like, that was weird. So we would go um, with my two grandparents and my grandmother or my two grandparents and my great grandmother. Mm. And she so there's four five of us mm-hmm. and she would sit uh, at her own table, but not even like close to us, like across the restaurant, like way far away <laughs> from us. She like would, she didn't want to be seen with you at the I, it, Pizza Hut. Kind of. That's what it seems like, but it's not what it was. Like, I my family is not like a pretentious group of people. Like, there's no there's no reason she didn't want to sit with us that I can imagine. But she just like would spend this time. She'd go sit by herself. She did all, and she would order every week uh, one Hawaiian personal pan pizza, and that's what happened every time. And she'd sit up and we'd go now and then we'd run across the restaurant and be like, hey, grandma, like, what's going on? She's like, oh, you know, she's eating my pizza or whatever. (laughs) But it's, yeah. But in retrospect, I'm like, that's really weird that we didn't just pull up an extra chair or something. That is really weird. But. And most restaurants can accommodate five people at one. Yeah. I'm sure there was, I'm sure there was tables we could have sat at. So I, I. (laughs) Do you not have an answer to this mystery? No, no. Oh. No, she died. So I don't know. I never asked. <laughs> but do you think your parents know why? I don't know. Maybe. 
I'll use it at Christmas. I'll, uh, somehow, yeah. I'll have something to talk about. <laughs> yes. Please follow up. I will. Because, yeah, I have no idea. But they they were never there. So I don't know if they even knew what happened. Oh, you weren't with your parents. So I might have to, like, check with my grandparents. Yes. Because they would pre- presumably know, but... Right. I mean, who knows? Maybe they didn't bother asking. Sometimes yeah, Some questions aren't worth was, asking. Yeah, maybe she was just like, <laughs> I'm getting my own table. <laughs> this is the sort of conundrum that you could submit. It They haven't put up new episodes in a long time, which is disappointing, but there's a podcast called Mystery Show mm-hmm. that's hosted by Starly Kine, who has, I think she's done a fair bit with um, This American Life. Um, and there's only six or eight episodes of this podcast from a couple of years ago. And the premise of it is um, her friends come to her with mysteries that they cannot solve. Mm. And the she will take them on only if it's the sort of mystery that you can't solve using the internet. Right. And this would be a good example. The mystery is why did your great-grandmother sit by herself when her entire family was at the pizza? <laughs> yeah. It would be difficult to find the answer, but um, it's a great little uh, set of episodes uh, for, mm. of that podcast. Um, I like every episode, to be honest. One of them is about um, somebody who rented a VHS tape from a video store mm-hmm. that they believe, to their recollection, closed within two days of them having taken out the tape. Right. And they like the store disappeared off the face of the earth and she couldn't return the tape. Um, there's another one that we're in the mystery is what is Jake Gyllenhaal's height? <laughs> <laughs> and another great one uh, that I think is the finale episode where um, Jonathan Goldstein, who's another podcast host who I really like, mm-hmm. his mystery is that he has... Did he have it? I think he had it or he had memory. I think it was just that he had memory of a welcome back Cotter lunchbox, those uh, of those like hard plastic style mm-hmm. where there was like a, a almost like a painting illustration of, of some pop culture thing, like a TV show or a movie or something. Mm-hmm. You'd see a lot of them in the 70s and 80s. Um, so he, he had a recollection of this welcome back Cotter um Oh, no, he saw it at the Smithsonian. That's what it was. Hmm. And the image on it, the painting of the characters, made no sense to him based on what happens on Welcome Back, Cotter. Like, it just doesn't fit with the way the characters interacted with each other. Um, and it ends up, like, she she ends up talking to people who worked with the, the artist who did the illustration, and he was, a like, a prolific lunchbox art <laughs> painter. And Anyway... They're all silly in their own way, but I find them really entertaining. <laughs> that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had one of those lunch boxes? No, I didn't because I didn't have to take my lunch to school when I was in elementary school. Mm. I went home for lunch every day. Right. And in junior high, I think I just had a bag. <laughs> what kind like of a bag? Lo- <laughs> <Sorry>, <laughs> No, I mean, some people just did carry a grocery bag with yeah. their lunch in it. Mine I mean, was like a lunch yeah. bag, right. a soft-sided, yeah, yeah. slightly insulated lunch bag. Yeah. Um, I I briefly had a ridiculous uh, cooler, like a tiny little Igloo brand mm. cooler that I got because my friend got one. And she was right. at a different school, but I thought this thing was really neat. But it was too big. Yeah. 
it wasn't it wasn't large by cooler standards, but by lunchbox standards, it was uh, enormous, unnecessary, <laughs> and like barely fit in my locker yeah. in a convenient way. So I used it very briefly. I I was uh, I thought it was cool before I took it to school, and then I was kind of embarrassed. Um, right. So I reverted back to the lunch bag. Oh, nothing's worse than like thinking. Thinking you, I you had got the, the thing, and yeah. then you don't have. I the didn't thing. have the thing. Oh man! And because my friend was at the other school, it wasn't like oh we we can start a trend <laughs> by both having this ridiculous cooler for a lunch case. Um, yeah, so that was short lived. Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a fun lunch box. Yeah, me either. They're cute though. I like the really old school ones, like the tin, the metal ones where yeah. the lid lifts up and there's like a matching thermos. And a little matching container mm-hmm. inside for a sandwich or whatever. But I never had anything fun like that. My mother did pack elaborate lunches for me, though. Elaborate? Yeah, like when I, once junior high rolled around in high school and I was packing a lunch. And by I, I mean my mother was packing my lunch. Right. It was like a, my friends would joke, like, what is in the bottomless pit <laughs> today? It was like Mary Poppins in the carpet bag at the mm. beginning where she's just like, to finish eating one thing and there's something else down at the bottom of the bag. It was like tapas. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but the um, the version of tapas, which is like a ham sandwich and crackers and mm. some, like, I don't know, grapes or fruit or like, yeah, often like canned fruit. Yeah. But never just the little can. It, she would buy the bigger cans and then like put it in another containers. Yeah. Because, you know, it's less wasteful and cheaper. Um, and in junior high... I did this weird thing. I guess it makes a little bit of sense. Oh, well, last week we were, or last po- episode we were talking about milk. Right. Um, this is a milk pot. <laughs> we're sponsored by milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, where's Canadian dairy farmers? They should really be hey. uh, forking over some dough. We should reach out. Yeah. Um, so the milk program ended when I shifted over to junior high. Mm-hmm. But I, milk, I liked milk and... <laughs> just did i i didn't you know i didn't drink water during the day so i i eight glasses of milk i drank milk at lunch every day and it was a habit and i liked it and uh-huh. you know it's important for your bones and teeth they say that's what i've been told yeah so instead though of buying a carton of milk from the cafeteria i brought a thermos every day with cold milk in it <laughs> And it stayed cold in the thermos. Right. Um, and I would just pour my little cup of milk to go with my lunch, which didn't seem ridiculous to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was the only one in the school doing this. Yeah. And my friends got a kick out of it. They never picked on me or anything for it. But I remember one friend when I would, she liked to pour the milk because, I don't know, she thought it was funny. <laughs> And then when she'd put the little plastic cup that is also the lid of the thermos, she'd put it on the on the table. She would put her fists on either side and like pound on the table a little bit, so it looked like in Jurassic Park when the <laughs> the liquid moves, like the when the dinosaurs are coming. Like did that every day basically for weeks. I don't know how yeah. long. Jokes don't die as fast. No, no, they don't. Eh, still don't. I <laughs> laugh at the same thing. Pretty readily, yeah, over enough. and over. Um, so I brought milk with me, and then 
I think the only reason it makes sense that I did that is that the lineup for the cafeteria was very long mm-hmm. and couldn't accommodate the number of students yeah. in the school at, at an efficient rate. But when I switched over to high school, then I did start buying my milk because they would sell those little, um, I don't even know how much is in them, 200 milliliters in those little cartons. They were 35 cents. Wow. Because it was still subsidized the right. same way the milk program was in elementary school. So I'd been like unnecessarily bringing milk all the time. And Why don't people just get their kids to buy their milk at the school and bring it home? Just get the kid to buy like 15 cartons of milk. That's a really good question. Probably because ki- children can't be trusted <laughs> and milk sours pretty easily <laughs> and quickly. They, they buy it in the morning, put it in their locker, and yeah. get home. People are going to, like we talked about the milk fridge. Uh, oh, yeah. That's at least cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that that would be a recipe for sour milk. <laughs> yeah, you're probably not wrong. Can you imagine carrying like a duffel bag full of milk cartons onto a bus? Yeah. And forgetting it? Yeah, I can definitely imagine it. <laughs> I guess I guess in retrospect, I'm glad I wasn't that kid. I, I don't not... think anybody was that kid. No, no. I'm just, I'm glad I didn't think of it then because mm-hmm. I would have thought this was a great idea. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I would have probably done it. It is a great idea. It's a, the, the idea, the execution is probably not going to work, but. Yeah. Milk. Who drinks it? If you drink it, send us an email. <laughs> Let us know what kind. I do still drink milk. What kind do you like? 2%. 2%. Yeah. I person. can drink homogenized, to be quite honest. I have a hard time with oh, a thick really? milk. But you like a pulp. You like extra pulp. I do like pulp. And I pulp. don't like pulp. Yeah. So we we, we, we had this conversation two days ago. Yeah. A very long conversation, <laughs> a very long conversation <laughs> about pulp. Yeah, and orange juice. Yeah, maybe there's a connection between those things. I mean, I grew up drinking when I was in elementary school, except, I mean, the milk they gave you in school was 2%, but at home and like at my grandmother's, we were drinking homogenized milk. Right. That we was the regular. Skim. So skim to me is like, well, <laughs> somebody put milk in my water. Yeah, that's what it is. That's, <laughs> the, that's the process. Yeah. They have, they have a, uh, a perfectly good glass of water, <laughs> uh, and then they just put a creamer in it. And did you know that the small, the little creamers that are milk yes. are called milkers? No, it never occurred to me. It's horrifying. I just, I realized this it recently. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. Let's all, they can all be creamers. Because when you milk something, it's when you're extracting the milk from the source. <laughs> and you're the per, like the person who milks the cow would be the, the milker. milker. Right. Yeah, hey, so I... So calling them creamers and milkers doesn't make any sense to me. Well, we should talk but to I, the dairy industry. Yeah, I also don't drink coffee, so I don't really use those things. So I'm not going to get too bent out of shape about it. The only other thing I remember from, like, Y2K, I, during our little break we just had, I, I was two seconds away from asking Lisa what year Y2K was, Uh <laughs> But that was 2000 for those of you who are like me who have no ability to remember anything. Um, the only thing I remember from that year is Survivor started. Mm-hmm. And I became a big fan. Yeah. Pretty quick. I mean, didn't we all? Yeah. It was a runaway hit. 
But you, how many how many seasons you say it's now? It's it's currently still. Gone. I don't know the exact number, but I saw it recently, and it was in the thirties. Yeah, which doesn't make sense because no. it's not twenty thirty something. No, I had this moment the, the other day where I realized I saw what number of season it was, and I was I was <laughs> I was like, "Am I? How old am I?" <laughs> I had a I freaked out for a second because I was like, "That couldn't possibly, that couldn't possibly be right." It it can't possibly be right in the like the old standard of how television seasons worked right. where there was one season of each show per year. Yeah. They started doing two seasons of Survivor per year. It's going to be a at while least back. That. At, yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a bit much, I think. I I watched it for a long time though. Yeah. I I was like a big Survivor person like that through first... junior high school. I have such clear memories of that first season. Even the even the first two, but the first one in particular. Like there are some, there is some really memorable television. Yeah. From that first season of Survivor, there's even a list um, that. Um, oh, I cannot remember the online publication that put it out. Uh, they they compiled this list of like the hundred best finales mm. of television shows. I think is what it was. And the the season finale of season one of Survivor was in like the top twenty. Yeah. And I'm not surprised because I remember mm-hmm. Sue's speech, <laughs> where she just called everybody out. It was well. It, it was kind of the. It wasn't the beginning of reality TV, but I think it's when reality TV became like a staple. Yeah, especially in... game-based reality. Yeah. So yeah, stuff yeah. like the real world and shows like that had been on MTV for years prior. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I didn't have MTV. I lived in Cape Breton and it wasn't a thing. So I was yeah. kind of unaware of it. But uh, yeah, game-based or mm-hmm. competition-based reality was – that really kicked it off. Yeah. I was a big fan. Like I – my family wasn't super into it, but I really liked it. So um, – if they were watching something else, which they usually were, because we were always watching something, because that's what we did for the first 20 years of my life, was <laughs> sit in front of a TV. Um, and not a lot's changed. But uh, <laughs> um, but I had this little tiny black and white, like, antenna, oh, like, yeah. four-inch TV. We had one of those in my kitchen. And uh, I would, like, sit in my room <laughs> and watch Big Brother and Survivor on this tiny little TV. Um and dream of bigger things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, look at me now. Oh, well. <laughs> look how far we've gone. You got a bigger TV. <laughs> I almost, I for no reason, I was at a store. I don't remember which one it was. But there was like 60, 70 inch TVs that were on sale. And I was <laughs> like, I, got, oh, I have two TVs. I don't need additional TVs. <laughs> But my vision's getting worse and worse, so I feel like the TVs need to get bigger and bigger. It's possible. Or I need to sit closer. Mm. Did your parents do that thing where, when you were a kid, they didn't want you to sit too close to the television Mm. because it was, quote-unquote, bad for your eyesight? Probably. Apparently, that's not true. Yeah, I I didn't think it was true. Because a lot of the TVs I watched TV on for the first chunk of my life where those like old floor yeah to, like a wooden, tube tv yeah an old like in a know, box <laughs> yeah an old like wooden console it's too heavy to put on something else it is a table itself tvs yeah. um and which i adore mm-hmm. and uh 
those TVs just beg to be sat on the floor in front of. Yes. Like more than any other TV now. Yes. Well, any of those older ones were, if you got super close, you could see the red, yeah. blue, is it red, blue, green? <laughs> Probably. My and color you could see every little pixel. They weren't even pixels. They were too big to be called pixels, I think. I don't know what the term for them is. But yeah, I definitely remember like putting my, I don't know why I'm putting my face close <laughs> to the microphone because nobody can see. But yeah, putting my eyeball on the television, essentially. Yeah. And wondering, how is it that all these like... It makes you wonder how your eyesight works and how the TV itself works when you see that, oh, it's just a bunch of mush. Yeah. But if you stand back, it's a picture. That's the first, probably your probably your earliest metaphor. Possibly. Yes. That's a metaphor, right? I don't know. It could. I, I could probably. It's like a reverse Monet. Reverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's the same as a Monet. If you get too close. Yeah, never mind. If What's you get, I know he's a painter. Oh, if you get really close to his paintings, they look like a bunch of shit. Like, I shouldn't say that. They, <laughs> if you get, if you get really close to a Monet, or yeah. you look at it like an isolated part of it, you can't see that it's anything. It just looks like splotches of paint. Uh, it's only when you stand back and see the whole thing, right, from a distance. I wonder if he invented the magic eye. It's a, it's images. not a dissimilar concept. It's also a wonderful diss that uh, is delivered in the movie Clueless. Right. They uh, describe Amber as a full-on Monet. Because <laughs> she only looks good from, like, uh, far back. Oh, that's, that's brutal. <laughs> it's oh really God. mean. <laughs> yeah. But Amber's a meanie anyway, so. Yeah. I remember finding, and it was probably around the same time because Magic Eyes and Survivor and all those yeah. things, they're all like the same yeah. time and place. Um, or they were to me, at least. I, maybe I, maybe it was earlier, but I missed it until then. Um, but I remember finding a book of those things in like my grandmother's house somewhere mm-hmm. and being like, whoa, this is really cool. <laughs> and like being obsessed with it. Yeah. Like carrying it around everywhere and showing everybody. Yeah. Being like, have you seen... The boat. <laughs> the 3D boat. <laughs> Have you seen the 3D boat? I haven't seen an th- object in 3D yet. I mean, there's real life, but besides, <laughs> besides real life. Yeah. And. Did you have to start at your nose and then yeah. pull them back? Yeah. Yeah. I you think st- I think that once you get good at it, you don't have to do that with right. Magic Eye. You can just make your eyes do whatever it is they're supposed to do to see the way that image shifts. Yeah, I always had to like put it really close to my nose and like cross my eyes. Yeah. And then pull it away slowly slowly and then it just would snap into focus. Yeah. Better days. Yeah. Simpler times. I wish I could get a job doing that. Looking at Magic Eye or making them? Well, maybe both. Mm -hmm. How do you make one? How did that get made? It's got to be a computer. It's got to be a computer. Yeah. I want to make one. I saw a thing go around, not go around, one person posted it on Facebook and then Facebook kept showing it to me because somebody commented on it. Somebody replied to a comment like mm-hmm. I give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a it was a still image developed by a neurologist mm-hmm. that looks like um, not quite an hourglass shape, but like a tube that's convex, I want to say, on the side. So it goes in mm. and there's a round... You might call it a circle, 
uh, <laughs> on one side of that uh, part where the tube goes in. So it's kind of <laughs> nesting into the the tube. It's very, this is not easy to describe. <laughs> or understand. <laughs> no. Anyway, the long story short is this image that is a still image. It is not an animated GIF mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's a still graphic. Looks like it's moving. Right. Because of the design, like the shape of it. It looks it looks three-dimensional and mm-hmm. it looks like it's moving. And the explanation on it was that it was developed by a neurologist and if um, if you're really stressed, it will look like the ball is spinning really fast. Mm-hmm. If you're calm, if you're extremely calm, it may appear totally still. Right. Um, what that means, I don't know. Like how your stress level contributes to whether you perceive a still image to be moving. Hmm. I I don't understand the science behind it, but for me, it was moving a little bit. So I was like, okay, I'm awake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just I I'm never going to be that calm. I feel like it I mean it wasn't I be, I feel like I always will always say things like it was a better time, which <laughs> it was not. Um uh but I think there's something to be said for like how I found it the things I found entertaining then I just I find myself I'm just I just sit on my phone. All I mean either watching TV or sitting on my phone and I I I desire something else, but yeah. I desire a little more Y2K in my everyday. Yeah. You know? That's my new that's my new mantra for the new year. More Y2K. A little a little Y2K every day yeah. makes the doctor go away. <laughs> um maybe. Maybe. So I'll watch an episode of Survivor, I'll do yeah. a magic eye. Yeah. I'll buy one of those beanie baby things that weren't beanie babies but they were like Y2K monsters. <laughs> I don't. I think you're right that, of course, whenever we say, "Oh, it was back then," was it was better, simpler times. In the grand scheme of things, no, that's not true because things were all are always terrible, and <laughs> things have been bad always. There's always going to be something bad, and like there, there is no good time in history, right? <laughs> right? I'm not wrong. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. I don't. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, some people, people down some people south with red hats think that there was a better time yeah. some decades ago, but yeah. eh, maybe not. Um, my first, my first thought <laughs> before I clued into what you were talking about, I thought you meant um, the like the women that wear the red hats oh my God, and then, like, sit around. <laughs> and then I haven't heard much from them lately. Yeah, like, I wonder if they, they've rebranded. They were a thing for a while there yeah, around Y two K. Actually, like yeah. that's probably when I became aware of the red hat ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, funny. But anyway. Um, yeah, so I think the difference, though, is that, yeah, it wasn't a better time for the world, but mm-hmm. it was a better time because you were a child. Yeah. And that's totally fair to want to revisit some of those simpler forms of entertainment mm-hmm. and um, when you didn't have to worry about Y2K. Right. And what it, the outcome was going to be. It's just and, crumbling around you. But you were just like so engrossed in a magic eye, you couldn't really, yeah, <laughs> couldn't take yourself away. Yeah. <sighs> and yeah, that first season of Survivor, boy oh boy, I'd like to go back and watch that actually. So before we go, we're gonna just give you our laughs of the week. Yeah, like I we know, do every week. Yeah, and it's been like I know it's for me at least it's been like a weird, cold, not particular. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I'm thinking back to the summer where. 
Um, it was so hot. It was so hot. I had like hadn't laughed in three months, and now it's like kind of cold and gray. And I don't think I've laughed a lot either. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah. there was this one night recently that I did laugh, and so I'll share it now. Um, I was watching an episode of Jeopardy. It was the um, uh, teen tournament, uh, yes. which is always funny because. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Just cut that. I don't know what I was going to say. It's a bit of an ego boost. Yeah. To watch the teen tournament. Yeah, it can't be. So I was what? Yeah, I was watching the teen tournament, and uh, there was this question. There was a there was a category about signage. There was all about like, what's mm-hmm. this sign mean? What's this sign mean? Um, and one of the answers uh, that this uh, kid gave was, uh, "What is a playground?" <laughs> and. To me, that I laughed so hard because it didn't sound so much as a, so much as like an answer as it did a cry for help. Because <laughs> I was like, this child probably doesn't have a very familiar understanding of what a playground is, um, <laughs> and so I uh, I laughed pretty hard. Yeah, I hope the quiz masters on Jeopardy laughed to themselves even in anticipation of making a teen ask, yeah. "What is a playground?" Yeah. Oh yeah, I feel like if I wrote it for Jeopardy, all I would do. Was yeah. make the right questions that the answers were funny. What is? Yeah. Because like you're trolling the contestants yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I can't help it. Yeah. I was uh, born this way and it's not going to change. <laughs> my one and only Lady Gaga reference I'll ever make. Uh, not a fan. Not a big fan. Gotcha. I think she's great. She's super talented. Not really crazy about her music. Mm. Not really my tone. Controversial. I know I know it'll be controversial. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. I just don't care for it myself. Well, that's fair. I prefer uh, really almost anything else. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, so that's my that's my laugh of the week. That's Very all good. I got. Very good. That's all I can that's all I can say. My laugh of the week um, is actually from I will admit a, f- a few weeks ago, uh, but I <laughs> I, 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 I just lock, I, I just close this podcast blow, down. I'm blowing up the. <laughs> The format, um, but I I put this one in the bank because it right. happened, and I thought that is a laugh of the week. I'm going to save it. It's worth saving because it's still making me laugh this week. Pla- <laughs> Planning ahead, writing things down. What a interesting idea. Yes, maybe I'll start doing that. <laughs> um, so I was listening to. I don't know if I've mentioned her before. This is where I you have a nice short and sweet uh, laugh, right. and I tell you a long, uh, complicated story to get to my point, which is that I listen to BBC Radio 2 occasionally. I have mm-hmm. a favorite DJ. Her name is Sarah Cox. Right. Great She's, name. She is a delight. I'm sure. She went from... I used to hear her guest hosting on The Breakfast Show. Then she had an 80s show on uh, Friday nights, and I don't even like 80s music. I do, but I didn't like have the same appreciation for that I do now, having mm-hmm. listened to her show. Now she has an evening show, and she's getting a drive-time show starting in the new year. So moving up. Um, I love listening to her show. I get many, many laughs from it, so I highly recommend. On one evening a couple of weeks ago, she proposed playing a game with her producers and the other people in the room uh, called... I think she called it man or beast, and then it changed to something else. Anyway, where somebody, she would play a sound, and you had to guess whether the sound was coming from a human being or an animal. 
I love that. <laughs> and that is how I got introduced to Harriet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play the clip for you. And you will have to guess whether, I mean, you can see where this is going. It's not <laughs> going to have this, quite the same effect as it had on me. But guess whether this is a man or beast. That's Harriet. Um, <clears throat> I is it a horse? Close. It's a donkey. Right. Her name's Harriet. She's now famous <laughs> on the internet, at least in the UK, mm-hmm. presumably beyond. Um, she lives in Connemara, which is in Ireland, mm-hmm. and a man posted this from the town, posted this video on Facebook, and it went kind of viral, at least by Ireland standards. Um, And so I heard it on the radio. And then what Sarah Cox did throughout the rest of that episode of her show was she would insert Harriet into songs that she was playing. (laughs) And there were times she did it where I didn't even notice. Like, she'd come back on, she played Coldplay or something, and she came back after the song was over. Bet, Bet you didn't even notice that I inserted Harriet in there and blended right in <laughs> she has a beautiful voice and uh, there's a great interview uh, or a, a news segment on the Irish news network RTE where they go to visit Harriet and they interview her owner who's a teen boy mm. and he's just he's delight like it's one of those wonderful little human interest stories and uh, Harriet sings a, on a second occasion for the for the news which they didn't think would happen. Oh, God bless her. But uh, she she performed. But I think it's I, I think it's just a remarkable singing voice she has. <laughs> but she can't hee haw. So the cute thing about the news clip is that the son, the the owner, the the young boy explains that they she was astray. He came across this donkey a couple of years ago. She could. He was so surprised that she would do anything like this because she couldn't. She could never hee-haw like other donkeys. Mm. And she can't. You can tell she's struggling to like to do the normal hee-haw sound that a donkey makes. And she still doesn't do it. But she, in an effort to, to do a hee-haw, sounds like an opera singer. Oh. Yeah, and she's so cute. <laughs> well. So she, yeah, she made me laugh. And then Sarah Cox inserting her into actual music made me laugh. And the the wonderful Irish folks who live in Connemara and own her were lovely and also gave me a chuckle. You can listen to LOL You're Gay on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. If we're not in your favorite podcast app, please let us know and we'll try to make it happen. You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter at LOL You're Gay Pod. That's spelled L-O-L-U-R-G-A-Y-P-O-D and on facebook.com slash lolyouaregaypod. And if you would like to get in touch with us via email, you can do that at lolyouaregaypod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Now please enjoy This Week in Royalty Free Music. <laughs>